Welcome, everybody, to the Growing Lean Podcast. This is your host, Ethan Halfide. I'm here with Carrie Prejean, founder of CFO Consulting. Welcome, Carrie. Hey, uh, thanks for having me on, Ethan. Yeah. Glad to be no, here. No problem. Happy to have you. I know we were talking before we hit record. And honestly, let the people know, can you tell us a little bit about the history and background of your business? Um, yeah. I, basically, I come from the accounting background, CPA and all that. And I was I worked in industry and public accounting for a while. And it was about 1987 I was working and I had a few people asking me to help them with their business. And what I discovered was that they were more receptive to what I had to offer, insights, recommendations, um, possible strategic moves they could make. As the, as a consultant, you know, they're, they're paying you a bigger rate mm-hmm. and you're the outside expert. So they're going to be willing to listen to you. I found that different than the dynamic of you're an employee. You know, it's, it's right. kind of like you're a payroll liability. So okay. what I eventually did was start my own uh, consulting firm back in 1987. Um, and, you know, here we are today. That's awesome. That's awesome. So um, what pain points is a small business going through before they bring you on? Well, here are the symptoms I typically run into. Um, and there's a, there's a number of them. And that it's, I don't know that I've ever seen a business with all of them, but these are some of the ones I run into. The owner wants me to come in and quote, fix all his employees. You know, they're, they're a bunch of idiots. They don't know what to do. And they don't want to, they're not engaged. Um, the owner is stressed out, overworked, can't take any time off. You know, he's always having, they just can't, his business doesn't function real well without him. In other words, if he tried to take off or she tried to take off for a few weeks, they're scared they would come back to an implosion. Um, right. That they're, they've been stuck at a certain level for a while. And that, you know, everybody talks about, I want to take my business to the next level. I want to take my business to the next level. And they're stuck at a plateau. So what is it that's preventing them from getting the next level? Mm. Um, that they're, they're, a lot of their processes, they're always, you know, there's always problems. There's always confusion. There's breakdowns. There's things just don't seem, it, like everything has a bottleneck on it. Okay. Makes you know, sense. Things just don't flow smoothly. Uh, sometimes it's, uh, you know, the owner suddenly finds out <clears throat> there's some unpaid taxes. You know, it's like, come help me out. Or they're having cash flow problems. Or, mm-hmm. or um, they need help with financing, that kind of stuff. But generally, it's um, an owner who's been trying to get things going and has been suffering with, they're feeling overwhelmed. Uh, they can't really take any time off. They're working 80 to 100 hours a week. And they don't know what's wrong. Or as I tell most people, it's like, if you could fix this, it'd be fixed by now. Right. If you could fix this, you and I wouldn't be talking. Right. Right. So I, again, the first, what, what do they say? The, the first step in solving a problem is admitting you have one. <laughs> well, first, every business owner has denial, right? <laughs> right. That's yeah, funny. That big That's river. funny. That big so, river called the river of denial. <laughs> exactly. So tell me, with COVID just completely turning the business world on its head, with remote work being kind of at the forefront of that change, how have you kind of adapted your specific tactics and tools? Um, right. Uh, kind of. A- yeah, I, COVID, you know, as bad as COVID was, it taught us one thing. You can do a lot of this work remotely, mm-hmm. you know. So I went from having clients mainly in South Louisiana to now I have clients from Southern Florida to Seattle, Washington, and in nice. between. Awesome. Um, and yeah, so co- the other thing that, that's sort of a change in the whole perception of the workforce is like, I want to be able to remote, work remotely. I don't want to have to come to the office. So businesses are having to adapt to that. And what I've seen is 
most of them are coming up with a hybrid. Okay, you can you can work remotely, but you have to come into the office at least two days a week mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, I like that because, <laughs> you know, with my company, you know, I've never met in person a single person that I work with, right? You know, we have about 30 people working on different apps at, at any given time, right. or team, extended team, never met them in person. One day I want to do an on-site and everything, but it's, it's you know, it, it's pretty crazy to think about that in terms of like, we feel connected through Zoom because now it's just second nature, but never met in person, but we feel like it, you know, because right. well, they're more, you know, you see the people that you work with oftentimes more than like your extended friends, right? Because you see each yeah. other 70% of each week. Um, but talk to me more about like, okay, so you adapted to kind of this digital transformation that, you know, COVID has brought upon us. We're all remote, we're all using technology, but what were the kind of top challenges and obstacles you faced along the way? Um, mainly how to, how to communicate with business owners in a way that they're going to understand. Because oh. one of the blindnesses, one of the blindnesses that business owners have is they think because they started the company, because they own the company, they're the best person to manage the company. Mm-hmm. That's almost never the case. Why? Because it, the, the attributes of the skill set of an entrepreneur is they see opportunity, they take action, they take risk, they get things to move, you know, and it's the other problem is that they tend to get distracted with the next new shiny object, right? With, what's a good manager? What are the skills of a good manager? They want things to be the same, repeat, you know, wash, rinse, repeat, wash, rinse, repeat. Mm-hmm. And they want, you know, good managers say, yeah, I want monotony. I want things to not, you know, be all haywire. They don't like chaos. They want a nice steady pace. They want repeatable results. That drives entrepreneurs crazy. Mm-hmm. Now, I've seen some business owners who are entrepreneurs. There's a process that's working, but because it's not exciting, it's not boring, they change it. Yep. And yep. then it screws it up. Yeah, you're speaking to so, my language. <laughs> so one of the first things to do is to is to be able to speak to business owners in a way that they get to see that they are almost always the bro- the bottleneck. Yeah. You know, especially the ones that say, come in and fix my employees. It's not the employees. It's the leader. You're the, yeah. you're the one that creates the culture. You're the one that creates the mood. You're the one that sets the tone for your business. And wherever you're at, it's going to roll downhill. So if your employees, well, let me, let me back up a little bit. And, and so- how did I learn how to do that? One of the, one of the trainings that I went through back starting in the late eighties, about the same time I started my consulting practice was this, this education of the ontology of language. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know if you heard much about it, but basically it, how do I say this? So, so let me just give you a, for instance, we all have a narrative, correct? I mean, it's, you're listening to it right now. And your narrative is always giving you a story about what's happening. All the input, what you see, you hear, touch, taste, everything. It's always giving you a story. It's giving you an interpretation of what's happening. So there's the event, and then there's the interpretation. Mm-hmm. And everybody's narrative is slightly different. I mean, the fact that you and I are both male, we're in America, we're going to have some shared discourse, right? We're going to have some shared background. But the fact that you're younger, you live in another state, you grew up in a different time, we're going to have different discourses. So our narratives are going to be different. So the, here's, a, again, the problem with, with business owners is that because the, their belief is, and they think it's like factual because they started the business because they own the business, they're the best person to run the business. And they can't see their narrative blinds them to they're not that skilled at managing. Managing is something they're really not good at. They really shouldn't fool with anyway. Mm-hmm. Their big jobs are uh, being the visionary and being the main revenue generator. That's it. 
Um, so what they need to do is develop a leadership team that can actually manage the day-to-day operations and be willing to step back and not have them do it exactly the way the owner do it and not have it do well, my way, right? Yeah. If they, and my expression is until you step back, they're not going to be able to step up. Right. Oh, you know, so oh, can you say that again? That was actually, yeah, if you're not willing to step back, they won't be able to step up. Wow. And you'll constantly be tied. You'll constantly be tied to fixing. You, you know, what happens is you teach your people, you teach the organization, the culture of don't take it too far. Cause you're going to screw it up. You're not going to do it my way. Mm. When it gets to the point where it's like beyond normal, call me in because I'm going to come in and I'm going to fix it because I want things done my way around here. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the movie Casino with Robert De Niro? A long time ago. Okay. Well, there's a scene where he's talking to this big yokel about, you know, how to do things. He says, we do things. There's three ways to do things around here. There's the right way. There's the wrong way. And there's the way that I do things. And we do things the way I do around here. That's so, I mean, that was like spot on for most business owners. They're control freaks. You know, they want to yep. micromanage everything. Absolutely. So they you know, then they get frustrated. Why? Why can't my employees handle this? You know, because you taught them not to. Because you taught them that you're the white knight has to ride in every day, and you're going to put the pin in the hand grenade, throw it back out of the foxhole. You're going to do that all day, and you're not going to have time to do really what you're best at and what you really enjoy, which yeah. is looking for opportunities, uh, being the main revenue generator. I mean, I, I know guys that can get on the phone and sell more than their best salesman in an hour, just because the people they know, the relationships, contacts have. Go do that. That's what your business really needs. On my way. You know, instead, of, <laughs> instead of you fooling, spending a half a day looking at the details from accounts payable uh, aging and you determining what's going to get paid. Right. Or looking at spending a half a day. I've seen this. Spend half a day looking at receivables and asking the accounting people what's what's going on here, what's going on there. What? Why? We'll send them a letter. We'll make them a phone call. You know, tell the salesman to call. Why are you fooling with that? You know, train your people well. Tell them the results you're looking for and then turn them loose. Yeah. No, that's right? perfect. Yeah. So the whole ontology of language thing that I've alluded to, it allows me as a coach to listen to what they're listening to, right? And to help them examine some of the assessments they have, some of the interpretation that's telling them what's going on. It's like, hey, you know, that's just an assessment. It's not real. It's not true. It's not the truth. It's just an assessment. So if you change your narrative, guess what? Your perception changes. And suddenly mm-hmm. which something doesn't make sense now suddenly makes sense. Wow. Suddenly some, something that you were suffering from because you had this narrative about how some negative for you. Now you look at it from a different perspective. Now this is something that actually empowers you rather than disempowers you. So That's it's good. being able to have those kinds of conversations with business owners that they can sort of see, oh, I am the bottleneck. And it's that's a good thing. Because yeah. now I can like let go. I can let go, get everybody trained and start trusting my people and step back. And I can actually have time to take time off because the business is going to run itself. Mm-hmm. Or I can step back and I can really go sell all my contacts that I've really been neglecting because I've been busy here with my hands in, inside the business. Yeah. Oh, it's a good thing. That, yeah. Okay. This is great that I'm seeing this now because now I can lay this down and go do what my company needs me to do best. Yeah. Does that make yeah, sense? That's- that's awesome. Yeah. And, and you know, I've heard that narrative so many times that we've gone through that as well. And you bring something unique to the table to where you have your your hard skill set, right, with CFO consulting. But you also right. bring that soft skill mindset as well to help like that psychological approach to help them make that change and change management 
especially with CEOs and, and small business owners, when they are control freaks, I'm sure that's one of the most difficult things, getting them to listen to you, right? So Yeah, it, it, that's the hard part is, you know, getting to the point where, okay, we're going to have, can we have a conversation? We need to have a conversation about you and going to the next level and like where you are now, what's going to take to get you to the next level? Exactly. And a lot of times that's the conversation that who you are now is not going to, lead your company to the next generation you're going to need to transform okay. yourself a little bit yeah and the way you do it the only way you're going to get to the next level is if you step back and have your people step up that's absolutely that's i love it i love it so now as a business owner or business leader yourself with you know a very impressive level of self-awareness that comes to you know the change management and, and kind of reflecting that you need to evolve with your business what kind of metrics do you use to measure your own success within your business well, uh, mainly uh, customer satisfaction. Yeah. You know, do I have to have customers who are very satisfied and they appreciate what I do? They're happy with the results. I mean, you know, and then there's, you know, money. How much money am I generating? Uh, how much time am I having to spend? And again, listen, I love what I do. I don't mind working 50, 60, sometimes 70 hours a week. And it's not because... Um, I have to go rescue some employees. I don't really have any employees. I work some accountants out of India and a VA out of uh, the Philippines. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I actually get to do the work that I do and not I'm not fooling around with payables or receivables or any of that kind of silliness. Nice. Um, I get to actually do the work that I, I get a lot of pleasure out of. That's awesome. Happy to hear it, man. That's smart. Um, yeah, I was actually going to say, you know, in terms of growing businesses these days, it's very rare you grow a business as a one band band, but with remote work and the potential for, you know, like partnerships and collaborations, it's becoming more possible because you can plug and play into other agencies, right? Other digital marketing agencies, fractional consultants, freelancers. So yep. what partnerships or collaborations have you uh, capitalized on or formed to help grow your business? Well, like I said, I, I work with some accountants out of India. Um, if I have a client that needs a lot of Excel work or some bookkeeping or that kind of stuff, uh, analyzing some data, I, I send it to them. Um, they work during our day, not day, day, our daytime hours. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I usually finish in the evening. I have most days I have a seven o'clock in the evening meeting to their five 30 in the next morning. We just kind of go over what's, what's been done. We look at the results, their work product. Um, I pay above market rate uh, for what they get in India. Nice. Um, I'll probably pay triple what they're used to getting paid. I'm so sure they're, they're anxious. They're anxious to get the work, do the work, get paid for the work. Right? Yeah. And I'm happy to pay it because it's it for me to do that. It, I'm saving myself some money um, in the process, but it keeps me from getting bogged down in a whole bunch of you know a day of trying to build spreadsheets with uh, pivot tables and I look up and all that kind of great stuff. I, not crazy stuff, but very beneficial uh, stuff, but it, it takes time. Oh, yeah. And these, these, I call them kids that probably in their mid to late twenties, these kids in India, they do that stuff in their sleep. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing what they can do. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. And it's, you know, I saw a newsletter yesterday through LinkedIn, but it was actually a friend of mine that wrote it. Um, he calls it the MBA agency. He owns multiple companies and he talks about how, you know, he, comparatively speaking with American talent, now he keeps his management in America, but he outsources most of his work to the Philippines, Latin America, where have you. And it's for like a third of the cost, but the work, as long as it's being managed by American talent, same quality, 
and, and you know, right. you're seeing a, right. a huge line item. So um, remote work has opened that up, hasn't it? So now kind of one of the last questions that I have for you, um, what advice would you give other business owners looking to succeed in your industry? Well, the thing that working with business owners, like uh, executive coaching or working with business owners in terms of getting uh, their business where they want it to be, the big question I always focus on is satisfaction. Mm-hmm. You know, most people run around looking for happiness and mm. happy is just a temporary emotion and it's an assessment about your current circumstance. Like you woke up and coffee's already made. I'm happy. Uh, you go to work and you get a flat tire on the way, you're unhappy. You know, mm. you get to work and you're being applauded or accoladed for something you did, you're happy. So happy and unhappy happens all day long. Satisfaction is a much deeper uh, experience, right? Oh, I and, like that. And here's here's something my mentor, one of my my, my my mentor at the time told me about 35 years ago. He says, You want the secret to, to life? I said, absolutely. He goes, <clears throat> be ultimately satisfied. Get exactly what you want. I love that. I was like, well, that's great. That's great. Here's the problem. Most people have no clue about what exactly they want. I mean, down to the detail. In other words, are you satisfied with your business as is? Most people go, yeah, I mean, we have to make enough money, I guess. Um, are you satisfied with where it's headed? Well, as long as it's profitable. But I mean, all that's a bunch of vague of, I really don't know. I have no idea. Am I satisfied with my business? In other words, is it generating the revenue you want? Is it generating the profitability you want? Is it generating the income for you to live the lifestyle you want? Is it? Are you selling the products you want to have? Do you have the people? Do you like the people you have working in your business? Do you like the culture? You know, down to the detail, what kind are you satisfied with? Are you satisfied with? And then looking long term, where are you headed? Where do you want to be in 20 years in detail as much as possible? And again, the longer you go out, the harder it is to get it in exact detail. But what you want to do is have a have a, a point on the horizon that you're heading to and that you you don't waver from. And again, you can adjust, you can re, reformat, whatever, but your point on the horizon pretty much stays there. And again, I, I grew up on a farm. And when I was little, we still had like the mule drawn plow, right? So when it came to getting ready to plant, you had to you had to start plowing the field. Well, you wanted to you wanted to make straight rows, straight as possible. You don't want rows that do that, right? You want right. them straight. So right. how do you do that? Especially if you have a big field. What you do is you take a, a red rag, tie it on a stick or a pole or something, somewhere you can see it from yeah. across the field, and your vision, you're focused on that that red rag on the horizon, you head right to that. And you're still seeing the mule team to that, right? Okay. Um, Because if you're looking at the mules or you're looking around or whatever, you're going to, they're going to do like this. Yeah. So you focus on that point on the horizon and you will plow pretty much a straight line. And then from there, you can use that straight line, straight road to do the next and the next and the next and the next. So again, that's the same thing with having a vision, having some goal for your business or having, navigating your business in the future is what I call it. Right. How do you navigate? You steer with the rudder or however, with the sails on a boat. You want to navigate your business because if you don't, if you're just floating downstream, what what can happen? You get snagged on a sandbar, you get snagged on a tree, you can hit some rocks, you can all kinds of things can happen. So if you look at your business that way, you need to constantly be scanning the horizon for what are the opportunities that are coming up that I can seize and you know do well with. What are the perils that are coming up that I need to either navigate around or mitigate, right? And it's always, a, you need to be looking at all of that. And with 
Again, looking at the point on the horizon, horizon. because believe me, it's coming at you. Things are coming at you. Look at the technology changes just in the last five years. Mm -hmm. Just in the last five years. And I've been at it for over 40. So, I mean, I went from doing accounting on big accounting worksheets to now it's all done on a computer. (laughs) One accountant can do in a day what probably took, I don't know, five to 10 accountants to do in a week with Excel, that kind of stuff. Automating workflows, yeah. Well, I mean, if you, and again, you, um, you're way too young to remember this, but movies back in the city that had showed like an office setting, they had these big rooms and it just rows and rows and rows of desks. And people had typewriters and these little punch button calculators, things and it took that much manpower to do all the, you know, the grunt work stuff. Now you do it with a computer. Yeah. Eliminated a lot of jobs. So that's, that's so much of technology. It, while top technology advances, it destroys as well as creates new jobs, mm-hmm. right? And that's what you always have. That's the kind of thing a business owner has to be aware of. You know, what's going to come along that's going to crush some of what I'm doing? Because as technology changes, maybe what you're selling now, it's not going to be worth anything. Right. Think of the key punch, yeah. key punch industry, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> the music industry, it's all streaming now. Yeah. So if those are the kind of things you need to be aware of and like, okay, so how can I take advantage of this? And what can I do to make sure this doesn't hurt me? Right. That kind of stuff. Because believe me, your competitors, most of your competitors, they're looking for stuff. They're looking for the same stuff. If they see the opportunity and you don't, you're going to be the guy in the rearview mirror. Yeah. No, that's that's so true. I love it. Especially with AI, we're, we're dumbfounded at the use cases because we build apps that are integrated with AI. And we're like, you want to do what now? And it's so easy to do it. Like, I don't want to say easy, but it's simple in terms of straightforward, in terms of, you know, it's an API plugin with chat GPT, for example. It could generate different prompts contextual to the questions put in. It could help give, you know, predictive analytics recommendations based on like, you know, the inputs and numbers and generate a, a smart fundability score and things like that. It's amazing. It's amazing. Wow. And you're right, it destroys, but it also creates. And that's the beautiful yeah. thing. And I think, I think the job the jobs that it destroys are jobs that people usually don't want to do in the first place. So what they do is now they become the manager of the system that does those jobs. And now that's higher impact work. So I'm optimistic. I'm, I'm, I'm bullish on AI. I think it will improve the overall quality of the job marketplace satisfaction, as you mentioned a few times, mm-hmm. satisfaction with their work, because they'll feel that sense of impact. They'll feel that sense of, of um, like contribution towards kind of a bigger cause. So yeah, not to get. No, on. I, I I agree with you overall on AI. My one concern is, it's it's kind of like um, a lot of technology. It's kind of made people lazier and mm-hmm. and kind of more ignorant. Oh yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, as a kid, you had to learn you had to learn arithmetic. You had to learn uh, addition, multiplication, division, all that stuff. And nowadays, you ask some of these kids to do something, they need a calculator. Yeah, you know. Oh, yeah. No, so no, same no. thing with AI. It's like what part of our creativity, our brain, or whatever it is, what whatever it is we're using to do that stuff, now AI is going to do it. We're going to get lazy. Right. Yeah. And, you know, that, that is true. It's kind of like the phones these days. It's like we always yeah. have a calculator. You know, our teachers back in the day said, you have to do it by hand. You know, you're not going to always have a calculator on you. Well, we do. We do now, you know? Yeah. 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 And yeah. I can just ask it, hey. I have, my, I have my little mini computer right here. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, Carrie, this has been great. I want to thank you for your time today. Is there anything that you want to say to the to the the listeners, the viewers? Um, how can they stay in touch with you? How can they find you? 
Um, you, well, I have, my website is called strategicbusinessadvisors.org, O-R-G. Um, you can email me at Carrie, that's C-A-R-Y, at cfoconsulting.co, not .com. If you send .com, I'll never see it. So cfoconsulting.co. Got it. All right, Carrie, thank Good you. to hear from you. Yeah. Thank you, folks, uh, for tuning in. This is Ethan Halfwide, your host. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Growing Lean. Bye, guys. All right.